Hello guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. MC here, your fellow host of MC Anime Podcast. So, this particular episode is Japanese Animation and World's Perspective. A brief summary of what inspired this episode and what this episode is about is basically Japanese. The animation from Japan is very unique. We call it anime. And as a result, we actually jump into what the world sees it through their perspective, through their lens. So, we're going to try to tackle Japan's animation with the world's perspective. What that means, we're going to take a look at Western animation that takes influence from Japan for, for its anime content. So with this being said, it's going to be anime-influenced animation that basically takes work from works of Japan animation or it's inspired by anime. Generally, the term anime refers to the style originating from Japan in the Western world. Uh, Japanese animation has become increasingly popular. Studios in the Western Hemisphere has been con to implement visual stylizations. Typical that we know of anime. You know, we have the exaggerated facial expressions or the super deformed versions of characters. This is really important that this is actually taking this step because there's lots of different TV shows and animated series that actually are really good. And this is the area of identifying cartoons, animated series, animated and anime. Animated series is what I, as my version, takes inspiration from anime and it's, has a fandom, has a plot. It's not substandard like a cartoon. Cartoon is substandard. Anime specifically has the Japan culture. And that is what the term means. It's very loose, but for, for fact's sake, just have cartoon animated series and anime as the three characterizations of my perspective of animation. So yeah, we have, even though it's outside of Japan, anime is specifically used for animation from Japan or as a Japanese uh, animation style that's characterized by the colorful graphics, vibrant characters, fantastical themes. Now, there is a debate over whether the culturally abstract approach to the world meaning may open up to the possibility other countries than Japan but typically when Japanese coined the name anime it was referring to their culture and anything that was like Korean or Chinese in Japanese sense was not determined as anime 
Now they're very close and they have, they're all Asian animation. However, Japan, I won't say they have a monopoly on anime. They just, I don't know, it's just very reminiscent of what Japan is. So they just take a lot of pride in it. About pride. And people have different determinations of what anime is and all this other stuff. I'm just going to go with the broad definition, which is just cultural works referencing Japan or originating from Japan. I know that doesn't help as much, but bear with me, but that that meaning is abstract. It's very loose to interpretation. So how you interpret it could be different to someone else. Just keep that in mind. So, and, you know, I mean, you know, a animation from other sources outside of Japan, not being called anime, is kind of cliche in a way, but it's just, I don't know, it's just one weird, it's just, it's the example of how culture influences society and the world itself. Anime is just one of those phenomenons that Japan can have credit when credit is due. So let's jump into animation projects from America. So that's really interesting with America because they have a lot of animation studios. You know, don't forget we have Disney animation before Japan actually got into animation, the first animation was highly inspired from Disney, which was Disney was an American company. So it goes to show you America was probably really early in the animation industry. However, Japan has taken its own style, its own way of life, and all of that. So further ado, we go through First known attempts, American companies inspired by a Japanese animation. The King Kong Show, 1960s, early 70s, 1970s. Collaboration between Toei Animation for Japan and Video Craft from America. Uh, we had animation with anime-like visual style and a Japanese kaiju theme that kind of gave the... St the Hanna-Barbera era in American TV animation. We also have Frankenstein Jr., Guy Cantator. Uh, also, we have Johnny Cypher and Dimension Zero. And then we have, you know, other influences with toy animation. Um, we have the collaboration in Transformers TV series, which was in the 1980s. Uh, this is an animated by Toei. The series was produced and for Americans. Uh, Transformers showed many influences, elements of anime stories, themes, and mecha at the time, mecha anime. Another example is, is Voltron, an American mecha series that reuses the animation from at least Toei Japanese animation, creating a new story for American lives. Just don't forget, even though it came in America first, 
Japan had their own version of it, so that's where the, the weird thing with Transformers and Voltron come into play. Japan would eventually make it their own anime of that same name, but a of a different franchise in Japan, just like Spider-Man Japan. Huh? Um, this trend continues to the, the 80s, like Dungeons and Dragons, Toy Animation, 1990s started to be outsourced to Japanese animations. Uh, TMS Entertainment, which is like X-Men, Mutant Toodles, Thundercats, Dr. Gadget, Rainbow Bright, uh, DuckTales, Chippendale, Spider-Man. All these different series that TMS Entertainment did was outsourced to Japanese anime studios. Because that's how big and notable projects did that attracted to Japanese specifically. Then we have like American cartoons. Uh, early examples was basically have a strong influence without any Japanese artists directly involved, like Cartoon Network, Powerpuff, Dactus Laboratory, uh, early versions of Kim Possible and Disney Channel. But this is where we also start breaking away with actual big series that are really nostalgic. We call these nostalgic uh, cartoons or nostalgic animation. It, it, it has a loose term. So people refer it as different things. Um, but I refer it as the animated series. Batman the animated series. Great series. Loved it. Then we have like Gargoyles, Teen Titans, The Boondocks, uh, Megas XLR, The Batman, Brave, Batman, The Batman, Batman Beyond of anime. Outsource to Japan, average Japanese stylations in Western animation. Then we get like the Super Robot, Monkey Team, Hyperforce Go. Then we also have like Teenage Mutant Turtles, some anime inspired moments, notable like Voltron Defender Universe, the Super Robo Mecha Force 5. Then we also have. Avatar The Last Airbender and the sequel of Legend of Korra. Great shows. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is my favorite animated series of all time. I don't care. There's not much replacing it at the moment. And it probably won't because of the nostalgic factor I watched as a kid. Legend of Korra was great too. It challenged different things that Avatar didn't have. Uh, martial arts and Avatar was a big thing. So... It, it did Chinese martial arts and they actually had a, an actual fighter for the photography of the fighting. And each element had different martial arts. Uh, so, basically, so, started discussions among fans and viewers what anime is, whether non-Japanese should be called anime, you know, Avatar, was confirmed to be an anime influence that Hayao Miyazaki, like Spirit Away, Princess Mononoke, also my neighbor Totoro, that was the inspiration that some of the creators like Brian and Dante did with Avatar. Then we also have like Studio 4, 
degrees Celsius, production IG, Polygon Pictures and Studio Ghibli continuing that uh, trend with Avatar. Starting with, can be seen in uh, Voltron, which is the reboot of the Voltron series, Legendary Defender. Uh, both known for the work. Now, Avatar and Core show his showrunners, which uh, serves as writer. Now, anime inspired American made shows are the Netflix series Castlevania and Blood of Zeus. These take have been determined, defined as anime by some sources in an attempt to classify all Japanese anime style works of non-Japanese origin. Okay, Netflix is trying to do their own original anime content, so they're toying their own version of anime. So Netflix is getting to be really big um, in that area. Then we have the American sitcom The Boondocks. Um, it's shown many scenes as like Japanese sword stars have been used, but it also takes up like, I don't know, different American aspects of like Chicago lifestyle of mafia or gang style too. It's really reminiscent of American culture, but taking influence from Japan. Then we have the web series Ruby, uh, produced by Rooster Teeth, based in Texas, in America. Uh, it was a uh, American anime by multiple sources. Um, okay, for example, uh, so when Ed Week did a reporting on this, American-made anime from Rooster Teeth gets licensed in Japan. Ruby went nuts in Japan. Japan had to get their own licensing and just everything blew up and country roll being an anime style that own auto media which also owned rooster teeth just made the even big series pop off even more and then we also have this is the first time any american made anime has been marketed to japan works the other way around really pleased about that and then some believe just like scotch needs to be made in scotland american company cannot make anime i think it's another way of seeing it anime is an art form to say only one country can make it this art is wrong so the argument here is just be okay it's basically the monopoly of the anime terminology in japan they take very high pride with that and other companies think that this art is not belonging to just one country it belongs to all of them and I guess that's a valid argument in some aspects and then 2015 announced that intended to produce anime is offering a more accessible channel for distribution Western markets and then we also have been defining anime as a style has been continuous amongst fans. Uh, John Abelo saying the ins insistence on referring to original 
American art as anime or manga robs the work of its cultural identity. Now he also has brought back to Avatar. Ultron, with today's Defender, has opened up more debates, which we call anime, whether it should be culturally abstract to the approach to the world's meaning, they open to the possibility in other countries other than Japan and it being called anime. Uh, now, Western is strictly view anime as Japanese animation products. Some scholars suggest defining anime as specifically or quintessentially Japanese may be related to a new form of Orientalism. Ah, I don't know. This could be something that could be sparking more debate because a lot of fans have been arguing what is anime, but the broad term or the very broad definition of anime is just it's very ex exclusive to other companies other than Japan. They need to be more inclusive. Fans, basically, you know, it should sparks the debate, well, it should be defined as style rather than a national product. It leaves the possibility of being produced in other countries. Um, then we have, like, Stitch, an anime spinoff of Leo, Disney's Leo and Stitch, the successor of Leon's sister series. It was in Japan. The show featured a Japanese girl named Yuna in place of Leo, set on a physical island in the Fujis off the shore of Okinawa instead of Hawaii. So, Japan does this a lot. They make a spinoff, their own version of another product, and make an anime about it. And Somehow it's called anime because it's from Japan, even though the influence is not from Japan. Um, you know, because we get into like other areas like the film industry and the Matrix, you know, because it's in the creators of the anime films, strong influences and decide to collaborate with them. Anime fans have influenced Disney. No, Japanese anime has influenced Disney, Pixar, DreamWorks production. Uh, we also have, you know, big projects like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Tangled being a direct influence, which is Glenn, the director for the animators for this project. Uh, then we have like Rescues Down Under, uh, Gary Tusado and Cook of the director of like Beauty and the Beast, Homefuck and Notre Dame, Atlantis the Lost Empire are huge fans of anime. They have Miyazaki cuts up again for a major influence. Miyazaki's influence on Disney dates back to the Great Mouse Detective. We have Lupin the Third, uh, Castro, uh, Castle of Calio Castro, and then we have the Pay the Way to the Disney Renaissance. Uh, Disney's The Lion King, plagiarizing Takamas Tazaki's Kaipa the White Lion. They had similarities. However, Disney declined the accusation of plagiarism. 
the controversy in Kiba White and the, the Kiba and like Lion King was parody in a nineteen episode nineteen ninety five episode of Simpsons. Another Disney film, Atlantis the Lost Empire, plagiarized Studio Gainix, uh Nadia the Secret of Blue Water. But that's kinda where taking influence can be a bad area, so just be aware of that. Also, Minazaki has influenced Pixar. Uh, Minazaki has a huge, I guess, animations referencing to other animators. So, he's very influential in the anime world and animation as well. You know, Launches Inc. and Up has also described anime. Minazaki is an influence. Then we have, like, another influence on Frozen. So another connection there to staff working on that project. Then they were inspired by epic adventure and big scope and scale. Funny, quirky characters. Then we also have, like, fight, flight and passive themes from the influence How to Train Your Dragon franchise. So the influence just keep coming along. And it really shows to show you if this influence continues, will we have a new term of what anime is supposed to be? And if so, what does that look like? It it kind of also supports the idea that if anime is so influential, wouldn't it just instead of being anime inspired just be called anime because the art form has been that loosely interpreted to be different or transformative it really it's, it's an interesting thought i haven't really just thought about that way and then you know brazil we have the 2000s independent projects for animated series like the Holy Avenger and Monica Teen. Uh, they were canceled. Then we also have Nickelodeon, Os Underground. And we also have like uh, Flutter. Became the first work from a non Asian nation to win the open entry grand prize at the Tokyo Anime Awards. So. We're having films challenge the status quo in the open entry grand prize. The Tokyo Anime Rewards kind of is the first, well, not the first step, but it's a reward process challenging different aspects. Even though Spirit Away has been nominated for Grammys and all this other stuff, you know, award winning, you know, it really goes to show you that if. Other countries recognize these great animation projects. Does anime in Japan have to be ex exclusive? Can it also just be inclusive? I mean, it's really hard to answer this question because we are continuously having debate whether Japanese animation is, you know, 
culturally anime or is the alt style of the term of you know ideological can it still be challenged and not necessarily have to be abstract to culture but can it also just transform into style because technically anime inspired animation has a similar style to anime and some series are actually doing a good job in the animation process so you know style can be thrown out the window and the only claim known to fame that Japan has now is the culture and place of origin. But that's not very strong argument. Um, even I would have to admit that. Because the simple fact that there is just so much confusion of what anime truly is. And yes, I have been known to say, yeah, that's Disney anime. Only because anime is short for animation. And if you put specifically the proper noun in front of what type of anime it is, then Disney anime is just Disney animation for short. So that's kind of something else I have considered too. Then we go to Europe, you know. We have, like, the French-American co-production, which is the Magical Girl series, anime-influenced visual style. Um, Neon Genesis was actually design inspiration. And then we also have Italian, the animate series, based on Italian comics of the same name, drawn to the... Uh, Draw in line with manga conventions as opposed to more rounded style traditionally. And also, we have the uh, co-producer Disney. That even the expert, uh, Oliver Dumont, which is the co-executive producer, said that the high-quality animation was intended to be true to the detail arc of the comic series. You know, we have the producers of the French uh, animation. The French animation Code Loco. I love Code Loco because Code Loco, uh, you have characters, digital realm, and they go in that digital realm. It kind of has a isekai feel, but actually, it's more like they battle those creatures in that virtual reality. I think and. Just be able to have two different lives. You know, it's very successful in Europe. Explicitly stated in the entry document. Influenced by the poetry and the visual impact of Japanese animation. The series proposes a graphic universe. Particularly original and strong. Again. Animated series is what I've coined. Because so much animation takes inspiration to plot of Japan, plot of anime, how it's drawn to colorization, to the story, it's, you know, a visual aspect. All of that takes all these aspirations and turns into their own animation style. We also have Rock Fu, the animated series, 
Uh, it's a flash animation based on a video game, but it did really well in France. So, even I like Wafu. It has a really interesting storyline, and, you know, the game is good in itself, but it's just one of those things you have to consider. All these animation projects are just blending the line what, you know, the abstract idea of what is anime. You know, Spain, we have movie star, virtual hero, uh, a Spanish animated series by YouTube, personality El Rubilis, was dubbed the first anime in Spanish history. Uh, we have the Netflix original, Indom Chronicles, in Doom's Memories Book Saga, which was Loya Galio in 2021, featuring an anime style animation. So that is interesting. We also have other European countries like Spies, which is actually a pretty good show. Lord of Martin Mystery and Team Galax Galax Galaxy. The visual style of the Italian American animated series Wings Club is a mixture of European and Japanese elements, also to the Magical Guild subgenre. So Europe is taking a big swing, but America has huge contributions to the animation community. So it kind of goes to show you. That even if Japan opens up, let's just say opens up its borders to the term anime, what are they going to do? They're going to say, well, this is not anime. You know, there's still that problem they're going to hold on to. So, let's go to Asia, which. You know, anime comes from Japan, which Japan's part of Asia, but none of Asian animation is considered anime. Well, if it doesn't originally come from Japan or some loophole that may make it anime. Um, here we go. Arabia and the Philippines. You know, the UA Filipino produced TV series uh, called Kaiser Middle East first anime show quote quote filming and production is currently looking for funding so we have a japanese filipino produced anime television series uh bearing guy 143 the G gma network so that's in production april 2020 video called manga productions from saudi arabia not the release of Future Folk Tales, uh, which is produced for Toei. So that goes to show you that Toei has been very influential in working with other animation studios. Uh, June 2021, Philippine uh, has an anime influenced TV series, Trace, released on Netflix. Uh, Filipino Kumik series of the same name, Southeast. Asian-based animation. 
entertainment with that one. And then we have South Asia, um, Pakistan, for example. We have a Pakistanian hand-drawn romantic uh, animation film called The Glass Worker, currently in production. Um, trailer of the film. It's also a Pakistanian and South Asian first crowdfunded movie. Uh, $116,000 on Kickstarter. Famous musician speaker. Uh, the movie's hand drawn, so the scenes of the movie gives it the Studio Ghibli vibe. So, you know, there's all these works that kind of gives more attention to what anime could be. And then we have, like, India. Uh, Karma Chakra produces the first Indian anime-influenced animation under Studio Durga. Low-budget 2D film, despite being anime-influenced, the pilot of the movie was otherwise with low-budget developments were using classic 2, 2D styles which is different from, far different from anime. It doesn't matter which technique, it doesn't have to match. Okay. Just because it's using a 2D style and it's low-budget, you kind of have to work with the money you have for any project of any entertainment or any business because the money you have kind of influences what you can make. And low budget, you can still make it. It's just sometimes the quality is not compared to something with a higher budget. Whatever. You know, it's not really a big deal. And sometimes we have big projects that have all this money and have bad animation. So it... Just because you have all the money doesn't mean you will succeed in the product. So, and low money doesn't have to necessarily be bad. It can be very successful. It, it really just don't judge a book by its cover. So, you know, co-productions with Japan. This has brought on different variations of this idea. You know, with the animated series. Uh... International co-productions between Japan, one or more un countries, those are having a stylistic influence. You know, we have the Japanese Europe pro productions of Ulysses 31, Mysterious Cities of Gold, Dogtania, Dogtanian, and the Three Musk Hounds, Sherlock Hound, and the Jungle Book. More recent examples of the uh, Canadian and French co-productions include Cyber 6, Otome Star Races, and Fighter Riders 2006. Then we also have the Oban Star Races, known as the one of the European animations that strongly resemble anime. But the majority of the creative directors and writers were French. Production team moved to Tokyo to collaborate with a Japanese production team. Hmm, but the thing is, is that really anime? But they collaborate. Sometimes collaboration does not always mean anime. So that's something to consider. Now we also have an animation of Star Races, which is called Loco, like Avatar. Yeah, it's 
critic and fans debate would become anime where the style of a national product leads to the open the possibility of anime being produced in other areas. Basically, the short end of the story is this will probably go on until there's an actual consensus in the community to see what anime is. Because Japan's going to stick to the original series and provide, you know, a, a broad definition of what anime is and have a strict interpretation of that meaning as well. It's going to solely be Japan because maybe they've been pushing this for so long but it's just very hard to say what is anime. You know. And you know. I'm going to take some time to like bit by bit use as a case study for other series. So, you know, we have the Disney Fasasco taking strong influence from Miyazaki. Miyazaki, Studio Ghibli, and all these other movies he's made, and Disney taking huge influence from when Disney first came on the scene, it influenced Japan. So, can we really say that Disney was in the first anime? I mean, if Japan took strong influences from the very beginning 19th century for early versions of Disney, like Bambi and The Seven Dwarfs and all these other projects, where does it say that without that, maybe we wouldn't have the animation we have today, or maybe it'll be a lot later. It's really hard to say, because what if it's so weird? They're bound to make it anyway, it just happens to be Disney at the time. Um, let's see. I don't know, we have a strong argument. Let's, let's dive into particularly anime and anime-inspired animation. Let's see. If we take the look of what anime represents. Anime is an extension of Japanese culture. Okay. How do they incorporate Japanese culture? They incorporate, like, politeness, reserve, conservativeness, Shintoism, uh, business cards, apologies, importance to family, work life, school life, uh, daily life, holidays, shrines, all of that encapuses Japanese culture. Okay, let's see. Other countries. They take that user's reference and put it into animation products. Now, it's not uh, trying to tempt Japanese culture. They're attempting their own spin off that particular animation inspiration. 
So, if we really take a look at it, they're not trying to replicate the culture of Japan. Most of the time, they're not. Because they want to make their own product. So, that was taken off the table. Now, let's look at the style of anime. Of anime. Well, let's see. Exaggerated characters. Uh, big eyes. Um, complex, you know, drawing. Crazy hairstyle. Um, now let's look at some animation companies. Some might make cartoons like Adult Swim or a more simplistic approach to the animation. But there's a lot of series that blow the line of complex character design, big eyes, crazy hairstyles, distinct characters that anime is known for. You know, you know, that's another similarity that they have that kind of says, well, the style, if it's a, a copy of the anime style, then we can say this is anime. Especially, okay, especially if there's a big debate if what they think they are making is an, their own version of anime. That's literally what these animation companies take. They take it. Oh, this is a big one. Let's make our own and do an animation style. And then we get into plot. Anime. Big, drawn-out plots. Sometimes overlapping story arcs. Well, sometimes it's uh, less subtle. It could be like a cut, you know, epi uh, a self-contained episode, but it has like overlapping with each episode. Uh, it just depends. But let's say they have a torment arc. They have a filler. Well, they, you know, they have a story going on, even if it's not as consistent to look at uh, same thing with uh, animation studios there's a lot of plot there's story to be told look like a show like The Simpson yes their episodes are not as standard and continuity but they have a large fan base they have a large fan base they do really well. They have, they reference all sorts of culture. Nevermore, anime, Disney, Tribe of the Right Lying. You know, they, the, you know, it's kind of like, well, can you really call that a cartoon? No, you can't. Because, yes, each episode can be like self-contained and you can watch out of order. It kind of has a somewhat plot element that is embedded in that might be deep plot, but it's on the surface plot. It's just to make an episode. You know, sometimes that's how these projects start. Well, plot, almost every movie that America makes or Europe makes or 
foreign films has a plot. And sometimes they're a strong plot. So anyone can exceed in plot. So anime doesn't have a monopoly on plot because anything's a plot. How you think manga's created versus comics. There's still a plot going on. Let's see. Anime is reminiscent of Japan. Well, couldn't other animation studios be representing of America or representing of France? But they don't get their own specific term for that animation. Japan seems like it's the only thing the only country that says they're different. All animation is not just animation. It's anime. Exclusive to Japan. These other companies making these animations, the only thing they can say that they can claim it's anime. But the Japanese society won't recognize it as anime. And then sometimes it causes big confusion of people uh, still not understanding anime as a different terminology in Japan. They just think it's a cartoon. Let me tell you what a cartoon is. Cartoon is just substandard plot. It has no backing. Adult Swim, American Dad. And then we have like educational programs like uh, door. Mm. Children's content, you know, like very surface, just the wiggles come to mind. That's like kids programming. You know, you have to make. Sh eh. It's not cartoon. Not every animation is cartoon. Uh, because all the different cartoon... I mean, even if Cartoon Network has all these animated storylines and they want, they're basically known as a network for cartoons, I don't view... Mo most of that I don't view as a cartoon. I view it as an animated series because it has a good draw plot. I like it. And fandoms also determine animated series with me. So, to answer the question, is anime exclusive to Japan? Or can the possibility of anime be loosened? <sighs> That's a really hard question. Because if Japan does not recognize the art form growing into global anime, and the anime only stays in Japan, guess what? You also have to understand this. Anime is a 5 billion plus industry. It's huge. It, it has a lot of influence, makes a lot of money, and it's going to be really hard to 
make that branding of anime that Japan has done just take it away and just make anything anime at that point. You know, yes, it's going to be a debate. Yes, fans are going to be confused. If they don't, if they don't know what anime is, they might just refer it as cartoons, in which some aspects, you know, there's like comic and cartoon and manga, magazine, you know, all of that terminology is interchangeable. You know, if you get really basic, you can just do a political cartoon as a form of cartoon or drawing or a comic style because that's kind of, you know, the, all the terms for like all this is very loose. They they overlap a lot. Anime does the same with uh, other animation projects. That's why fans have this argument in the first place. Because to argue that plot, style, value, culture is all unique to one country when the animation is getting a lot stronger in other countries and was, you know, sorry to say this, but animation countries, other foreign animation has already cut off to animation studios in Japan. And now Japan Studios has to compete in that market. But the thing is, they have anime and these other studios in other countries don't have that term, even though they can coin the, that term. It's going to be hard to have a international recognition of that fact. But I do hold hope for Ruby turning the tides in its American film going to Japan and actually being licensed directly to Japan for consumption. If it's one thing that Japan is big for is consuming media, working, and building technology. Those are three things. Those some of the things that come from Japan that they're known for. Consuming media is huge in Japan. All these, you know, risque programming, uh, censorship, kids programming, game show content, uh, Asian drama, rom-com, manga, all of that is huge in Japan. I mean, Amer you know, America, Europe, has also big consumption of media too. It's just Japan is specifically known for its consumption of anime and being a huge consumption of that industry. So a lot of people when they think of animation, one of the first things they think of is the big influence that anime has from Japan. No, no one can 
take that from Japan having that influence. So, is Japanese animation truly anime? Or is the world's perspective what anime could be influence Japan's hold on anime? Because, I mean, the the interpretation of anime is loose. A lot of people get, you know, the same argument as it's cartoon versus anime. It's a cartoon. No, it's anime. It's interchangeable because of how the terminology is used. For example, um, let's do cartoon and see what the definition is. Cartoon. Alright, simple drawing showing the features of its subjects humorously ex- exaggerated way, sectorical in a newspaper or magazine, motion picture using animation techniques to photograph a sequence of drawings rather than real people or objects. The uh, make a drawing of someone in a simplified or an exaggerated way. So, there you again. Animation technique. Anime uses animation techniques. And people blow the line and get confused with cartoon and anime. But they're both right. A lot of like, for example, news press, when they talk about, like, a Japanese animation, some of them don't call it anime. They call it a Japanese cartoon. Since cartoon is an international recognized um, terminology, it's easier to call it cartoon instead of anime. Now, or they call it a cult classic or cult phenomenon or animation you know there's the world and newspapers and articles all have a different interpretation but in reality whether you call it a Japanese cartoon Japanese cult a Japanese phenomenon Japanese animation or or Japanese anime you're all referring to the same thing. At the end of the day, just let it be. Even if Japan refuses to relinquish its cultural significance of anime, and let that be where it is. Let these other companies just make the animation studios and compete with that market. You know, if it has to come to that point to just be on par with that content, then who cares if it's anime or not anime or anything like that? Because, to be honest, even though I have a podcast that is anime, geek culture, and Japanese aesthetics. I cover anime topics, 
that's more of my niche areas. But anime inspired animation cartoons to me is also entertaining as well. So I just have to happen to have multiple fandoms with multiple interests. So at the end of the day, Japanese animation and the world's perspective is very broad. You know, maybe the maybe another country recognizes yes, it's anime. Or maybe that country wants to call itself its animation project anime itself. See, that's how you can interpret things. There is no specific way to interpret something as broad of, as anime. And, you know, truly, if anime comes to be something more, maybe we actually have a different way to look at it. You know, at the end of the day, anime is a style of Japanese film and television animation typically aimed at adults as well as children. There's a problem with that definition. A style. Well, guess what? If it's anime-inspired, it could have an a similarity to animation from Japan. So, keep that in mind. Anime inspired is the basically the best thing that can come close to anime but still not replicate what anime means in Japan. So, think about that. If it marks the debate if whether it's anime or not anime. It's a good series. And. You know. We want to stick to words and labels. And give it a late proper label. But. Animation. Is animation. Regardless of how you look at it. The entire world. Had a universal term. Animation. Cartoon. Video graphics, special effects, CG, whatever. But animation is a universal term. Cartoon is for a close second. Well, yeah, actually, no, cartoon is like a. might be more universal than animation. Because, let's see. When you animate something, you're taking it and giving it movement. That's literally what animate means. Animate. You know, because when you animate, you kind of give it movement. You bring to life, give a movie or character the appearance of movement using animation techniques, alive or having life. It can be an inanimate object, not living. So, Think of this. If it gives the impression of a moving object that resembles something like life, then call it what it is. 
animation or anime. Because guess what? Both tones are right, and people call it by different names. One final aspect, look at Bigfoot. Bigfoot is known as Bigfoot, the Skunk Ape, the Yeti, the Sasquatch. It's known all of these by these different meanings, but they're referring to the same thing. So, if you take in that aspect and that lens, the world's perspective of what anime is in Japan's, Japan's animation is this. Regardless of where you are, if you enjoy it and you're a fan of it, enjoy it to your heart's content. And, guess what? This might not solve the anime debate what if it's anime or not anime. It doesn't matter. Live your life how you want to live. Watch the animations. Watch the TV shows. Consume the media that is entertaining to you. Because that's typically how we should live. So Japanese animation and the world's perspective is this. Anime will be anime in Japan. Other countries can recognize it, their animation as anime or not as anime, depending how they go about it. If they say, we are anime inspired, then that is one way. They're not saying it's directly anime. But we take influence from anime to make this animation. So, watch to your heart's content of anime, anime inspired, or cartoons. Because guess what? They're all animated, and they all share that common thread. Regardless of where they're animated, and what language they're animated, and which culture they come from. We can call it anime. Now, if you want to be Pacific, just call it by the Pacific anime. So, this concludes this particular uh, episode for everything anime. So, it kind of goes to show you that you know, in the world's perspective, what anime is, here you are. Anime is a what it's in the heart of the beholder. So please support us on any way you can find podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, App Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Spotify, Stitcher. We also, MC Anime Podcast is also on Patreon, uh, Blog MC Anime. We have the MC Animator Tears, give content, Patreon messaging, uh, polls for podcast related content, and much more. So, Thank you for tuning in for this particular episode.
This was a fun discussion, and I thoroughly enjoyed myself by talking about it. So, stay tuned as we have more content being produced, and thank you for being an MC animator. So, enjoy. Enjoy.